Hello everyone and welcome to LifeWell's latest podcast. My name is Jason Harwood, LifeWell CEO, and joining me as always is James Vandaloo, head of LifeWell's Investment Committee. Hello, James. Hello, Jason. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, why don't we jump into it? Uh, how are you feeling after the election over the weekend? Uh, no surprise. No surprise, really. I think um, I, I think change was in the air, and um, I was probably a little bit surprised how sort of one-sided it was, but. Um, I was definitely expecting a, a Labor government. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what that means for us as, as we push forward. We were talking before we came on of, you know, um, balance of power, Senate Senate structure and all those sorts of things. Obviously, there's a lot to play out as the count continues. Yeah, I had a few emails this morning from clients, probably some a little bit concerned, saying, you know, what does this mean for me? Uh, so for people asking that question, my, my first thought is not very much because uh, I think Labor were very smart. They smelt uh, Morrison was not popular and just about every liberal policy they matched. Mm. So I don't think um, there's a massive difference between uh, the big the big policies on, on finance. Uh, they're all pretty similar. Um, as you said, the, the key will be if they actually get control themselves and can get things through or they going to have to uh, cut deals with uh, with the independents or, or the Greens, and that um, could possibly complicate things a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, so the reality is, look, it's been six weeks since our last podcast, um, but in particular, the last week's been eventful. Um, the, the election was obviously key to that within Australia. The reality is only so much we can talk about that. Um, you know, if you look at the market today, initial reaction to the result, it's kind of been a nothing reaction to the result. These things are usually priced in. Um, I'm surprised there wasn't a little bit more um, reaction to you know the balance of power issues that we've talked about or, or potential for that. Um, but the market's really just looked at it and gone, yeah, we already priced that in. Um, so that, that was the one uh, obviously major event over the last uh, week that potentially impacts um, portfolios and investments. Um, the other major one, of course, is the US market. And we talked about that as well as Europe in the last podcast. Um, and we're going to touch on the last podcast and what that means to us uh, where we've been over the last six weeks. But certainly the US market last week uh, had a not so good week and certainly a not so good day in there. Yeah, I think it's um, been down every week since we last since we last chatted. Seven straight weeks. So um, no real surprises, to be honest. Um, the market is selling off. It to me, it's still an orderly sell off. Uh, so it's not not disorderly. Having said that, there was a big big nasty day last week where it was over four percent in the night. Um, the positive, I guess, was Australia was much more muted the next day. We, we didn't anything like. Um, follow them, but um, you know they, they were up a long way. So um, so they're, they're selling off, and unfortunately, I, I think there's still a little bit more to go. Can't really see in the short term a catalyst to uh, change things around, other other than eventually um, valuation support will kick in. Mm-hmm. But I think that's still um, still a little bit south from here. And we'll talk about that in a moment around, you know, what could that look like? And we're going to talk about that in the context of the last podcast. But we, we thought there was some real value looking through and listening through the last podcast and some of the, the, the items we talked about and you, you specifically focused on using that as almost the agenda for this this podcast. So I, I'm going to touch on a couple of those. So that the, the two, um, I guess, big words at the moment are recession and inflation. Yep. Uh, so let's start with inflation. 
Yes. Uh, we've talked in the past about inflation being transitory. Yep. Uh, and the transitory period has been stubborn. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you, what, how would you how would you sort of uh, talk on that now? Yeah, I, I'm still of that view that when we look back in three years' time, uh, there will have been a big spike in inflation on the on the back end of COVID and 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 the war. Um, however, um, there's US midterm elections in November. It's a real political problem over there, and the pressure has come to do something about inflation in the US. Uh, that's what's happening. That means the Fed is tightening and are going to continue to tighten. So um, they're having a crack at it now. It's it's become a problem. They're uh, they're gonna they're gonna try and address it. Medium term, I, I think it'll be okay. Um, but short term, it is a genuine problem, and um, they've come out and straight out said right now our biggest issue is fighting inflation. That means, uh, remember, the Fed can't deal with the, su- the supply shocks. They can't do anything about the supply chains. They can't contribute on the supply side at all. All as they've got is the demand side to deal with. And their blunt tool is to make money more expensive, to tighten financial conditions, to dampen demand. That's what they're doing. They told us they're going to do it. They're doing it. And that's simply why the stock market is, is falling. You dampen demand, it means corporate profits fall. It's as simple as that, isn't it? It's that simple. Um, and historically, what what is the likely outcome? I know we touched on this last time, but it absolutely bears repeating. Okay. Um, historically, I... what what tends to be the impact? Recession. Yeah. Recession. Um, I said it. Uh, I think at the last podcast, I, I thought the US uh, was going to be in recession by Christmas. I think at the time the market was pricing at twenty or twenty five percent. It's come up a little bit from them. It's still probably 50-50. Well, I'll go on the record. US is going to be in a recession by Christmas. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd price it at 85%. Yeah, I think it's already started. Mm-hmm. And, and your view would be the same in Europe as well. I'd imagine nothing would have changed in the last six weeks. To No, Europe's in all sorts. US is going into recession and China's in lockdown. So um, the big drivers of global growth are all spluttering at the moment. Um, that is why financial markets are weak. It's it's actually not not rocket science. That China piece you talked about, that's a big part of the supply side? Massive. And and that's unfortunately going to mean that transitory um, issue lasts longer because they've got to come back online again. So um, it, it is what it is. But again, the Fed can't do anything about that. All they can do is dampen demand in the meantime. Uh, until things get rolling again. Yeah, there, there is a there is a lot of I, I guess negative impact at the moment uh, and, and and negative drivers. Okay, so let's let's talk about in in the last podcast you talked about um, you know the potential of a twenty percent drawdown twenty five percent drawdown in the US over twelve months. You said you know it's not impossible. Yep. Uh, at the time, uh, market was down. So we're talking about um, S and P five hundred in the US. At the time, the market was down ten, I think, or somewhere around that mark. So we were talking about you know possibility of a further fifteen percent from where it was at that time. So um, early part of April. What's your view on that today in the context of what we've seen over that period of time? And um, you know, seven weeks of negative negative return on the uh, the US market, and you know, last week's events. Yeah, we're getting closer. I think the S&P is brushing with around about a 20% drawdown at the moment. 
I don't know if it's technically dipped over into you know bear market, but I'm here to tell you we're in a bear market. It's knocking on the door, isn't it? Um, we're we're in a bear market, and unfortunately, I, I think there's there's further to fall. Um, uh, we'll never get targets exactly right, so um, I don't think it's impossible that the S and P falls. I think we're about thirty nine hundred as we're going to air on, on Monday morning, so the US hasn't opened this week. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get to the to the low threes. So um, somewhere between 31 and 33, I think is um, very realistic over the next few months. Um, why? Because there's no real catalyst at the moment to change the downtrend, right? So we know inflation's the problem, so conditions are going to be um, tightened further. So I think we've got Two more cuts, um, and they, they're both, no, cuts, hikes. We've got two more hikes of half a percent. Um, I think by the time they get to the second second hike, the economy is going to be that bad, they're probably going to have to pause. So you're almost going over the top at that point. Correct. Yep. Right, um, and, and things have really rolled over in the US economy. So they go on pause um, then. I'd be surprised if things are still strong enough that they can keep keep hiking. Um, so pausing would probably be a good thing for the market. Well, they'll see, okay, they've changed, because right now he's signaling we're going to tighten, tighten, um, and, and keep tightening. Um, but that's still uh, a few months away. So a few months away from a pivot. Um, he's also not going to be able to cut quickly, right? The only way um, they'll be cutting again is if things get really bad. Um, I don't think they'll get really bad. I think it'll be a, um, a shallow recession, um, and they'll have to uh, they'll have to change direction and and not hike anymore. But that's very different to what's happened in the last few years when inflation has been low, and they've been able to pivot quickly and and, and cut. Um, so there's no cuts anytime soon, uh, perhaps in 2023, but for the rest of this year. Um, it's unlikely to see the Fed coming to the rescue of the markets as they as they have, and and that's just because until inflation's dipped in the bud, um, it is what it is. It's a very deliberate deliberate policy, um, but that's the environment we're in in the short term. Okay, so let me let me ask you a couple of questions there about, and, and we'll certainly start talking about what that means for portfolios. Um, it, it's there's a there's a perfect storm at the moment of negative negative drivers. I think that's fair to say. Um, global pandemic, supply chain issues, um, geopolitical, um, inflationary pressure, all those things. And they all they all you know it's one big Venn diagram of them going together. Mm. I think we've touched on this on podcast before about the the length of cycles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? What what traditionally we would have thought of as a reasonable cycle length versus, I guess, where we, we, we see things today? Yeah. When I was in school, they, they said, you know, a typical economic cycle is seven years. And uh, I think this one will be three. Mm. So um, things are moving quicker. Things are moving quicker in the world. Um, so it means things will turn around um, quicker too. I think the next Six months is probably tricky, but um, you know it's part of the plan. I mean, it's not like there's a financial crisis or something structurally broken. Um, it's just right now the priority of the central bank is change and it's tightening financial conditions. So it's classic um, 
cycle behavior. So um, you don't panic. You know, it's not a, a panic situation. And the market has been really orderly. I know it's gone down um, a lot over there, but it's not out of control. There's nothing breaking in the financial system. It's actually um, working as it, as it should. So Australia has been buffeted nicely for two reasons. One, we're a commodity country and in, in a high inflation environment, commodities have done well, particularly with the issues in Europe and Ukraine, which we've touched on. But also our currency's come off a bit, which is a shocking absorber. So the plumbing is actually working just fine. At some point, um, the Fed's going to have to back off. Um, what is that interesting about that is it means the opportunities in the short term is probably in the bond market because the bond market has risen faster than the Fed funds raise. It got out ahead of it and um, it went all the way up um, and we, we hit 3% on the 10-year two weeks ago when um, things were looking nasty. Now um, that the R word is starting to be brought out, uh, the bond market's rolled. So I actually don't think, I actually think rates have peaked. So the Fed fund rate, even though they're gonna raise that, I think the bond market um, has already peaked and will keep coming in if in fact uh, the US does hit recession. So um, what wasn't working, for the start of the year, which meant equities and bonds were correlated, they were both going mm -hmm. down together, has now broken. Um, so from here into recession, that should give us a negative correlation again and give us a bit of a buffer on the portfolio. And when you say broken, broken in that it's gone back to normality of the, no the negative correlation between bonds and, uh, and equities. Correct. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and, and also when you say um, rates have peaked, you're using long-term bond yields as the indicator that rates have peaked. Yeah. At, yeah. And, and when I say peaked, I think in this little cycle between now and Christmas, because if their economy keeps slowing, the bond market will price lower rates in. Mm. So um, if that comes to pass, it doesn't mean they, they're not higher again in 12 months' time. But in this little um, little period we're in, my, my gut feel is they've, they've peaked in 2022. Yeah. Okay. Um, something else I'll just pick up there that you said as well, which I think is key, and I, and I think we may have touched on this before, but you know, something's just absolutely bare repeating. What is happening on markets is no surprise to central banks that they are engineering this outcome. It's absolutely engineered. They need to tighten financial conditions. They need to have a negative wealth effect for a while to beat inflation. That's mm. that's their short term objective. I think they'll be successful. The problem is they think they'll be able to engineer a perfect slowdown and just turn it around right. Uh, it's pretty tough. And that's why I think we're gonna, um, they're going to put us in recession mm. to, um, to deal with this. Um, but then they'll pivot. Then they'll pivot. Um, they'll firstly um, stop tightening. So the bias from tightening financial conditions will come off. Um, we'll find an equilibrium um, with... Uh, where the cost of money is and get rolling. Hopefully inflation comes in a little bit. I expect by the end of the year, it will be lower, not down to 2%, which is their target. And I don't see that as a realistic target. I think um, three and th or three and a little bit is um, a realistic target, but um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Mm. Uh, you know that old cliche about, um, so talking about the Australian market now, if you like, the old cliche about when the US sneezes, the world gets a cold. Um, 
I guess the reality and, and, and the positive of the situation, I guess, at the moment is everything that's happening is explainable. Yeah, it isn't it that is. there's some some fundamental shock that we don't know how we're reacting to it. Mm. Um, everything that's happened is explainable because they are the natural things that take place in, in markets. And you talked about the Australian dollar coming off and, and things like that. Correct. Now, if I'm right and the US is in recession, I think Australia will still outperform, but, but we have to come off more. Mm. And the reason we do is we're holding up because of commodity demand. Um, if they go into recession, demand shrinks. So um, that means commodity prices should come off a little bit, which is what they're trying to do. They're trying to um, reduce inflation. So um, we are not an island unto ourselves. If um, the globe um, comes off, uh, we'll follow. It's just we're not the the, the coal face of of this one. We've got an inflation problem here too, but it's nothing like the US. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, that, that talks about where we're at. Um, and I guess how that's evolved over the last the last six weeks, which um, uh, credit to you is really in line with what you talked about six weeks ago. You touched on this last time, we touched on it before. Okay, if we see that that's potentially what's on the horizon, should we be actively um, changing our strategy around portfolios and 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 you know the the views of the investment committee? How do you talk to that? What does that mean for our portfolios? Yeah, a little bit because um, we've been underweight bonds for a while because rising rates um, kills bonds, right? And I still don't think bonds are a great long-term investment from here, but they're probably a handy little diversifier over the next six months. Mm. So if yields have peaked, that means you buy a bond today, you're getting a near 3% coupon, and if they do come in because we hit a recession, you get a little bit of capital growth too. So you're probably looking at a um, four, five, 6% return from bonds in the next um, six to nine months. And I've said to you, I think the equity market is probably negative. So um, that actually looks quite attractive. And if we're underweight that, um, we wanna get some exposure to that. I don't mind gold either as a diversifier here in the, in the short term. Um, Equities are going to be okay. They've just got a little bit, um, little bit further to, to go, in my opinion. So um, even though they're cheaper uh, and the return would be better if I bought them today than it would if I bought them two or three months ago, I think we can afford to be a little bit more patient. And over the next three to six months, there's going to be a really good opportunity in equities. But I, I just don't see the need to hurry. Mm. Um, as I said, I think the market falls... Uh, a little bit more from here. There's always a risk that it does get a bit disorderly and overshoots, right? And that's the part that feels really, really yuck. And mm. then everybody starts giving up and liquidates. That's the sort of visceral reaction um, of I, fear. I, I hope we're not going there, but the truth is that's how most cycles actually turn around, right? Is you have that nasty capitulation. And I think that's the investment word for it. Um, so that might be out there still in the future, which means we go lower than we'd like, but it's going to be a really good opportunity to set us up for the, for the next cycle. So um, we're hoping um, clients, we should have enough resources to be net buyers mm-hmm. through that period. Um, and if we've got a little bit of bonds, hopefully that can buffet us a little bit over the, over the next, next six months. But you almost got to take a two-year view with returns. 
and, and so there's a few things there. Um, I, I might pick them if I can. Um, just worth restating that we've talked about before, um, that sort of non-intuitive thing about bonds. When rates, are, when rates are rising, bonds lose capital value. When rates are dropping, uh, bonds they create capital a value. A capital gain. Yeah, non-intuitive, but that's, that's how it works. That's the first part. Um, and, and second part, as you said as well, um, you talked about you know taking a two-year view. Um, you know we always talk about taking that long-term view around driving towards your strategy, not just trying to make the best return you can in the next month. Let's say taking a two-year view is really interesting. If you go back two years and you go forward two years, go back two years, we were just coming off the back of that really bad three weeks on the market um, with the pandemic. Yeah, um, taking a two-year view is you know, it's yeah. it's smart. Well. It, 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 most people are running a negative number for the uh, current calendar year. But if you look at people's two-year number, even with the drawdown, it's still pretty satisfactory relative to, um, to cash rates. So I think that'll come to pass as well over the next, next few years. So it's not panic stations. And you know if we do get that nasty capitulation, that is going to be seen as a, an opportunity to, to buy businesses. Remember, when this stuff happens, it's all macro, right? It's yeah. it's flow of money. No one's looking at this business and saying, this one's a good one, this one's a bad one. It's just all getting liquidated. Mm. Um, it's about liquidity. Uh, liquidity is being sucked out of the system by the Fed. So it's it's um, it's unfortunately, it's the negative of, of public, public assets, um, you know, that they get caught in the firing line. But... You've just got to understand it. It is what it is. You can't you can't fight it. Or the only way to fight it is really just to step aside, mm-hmm. try and be a timer. Um, being a timer is really hard. So we don't try and be um, absolute timers. We just sort of try and chip around the edges and make, oh, yeah, we're a net buyer through here. We've added a little bit of bonds to try and um, smooth a little bit. But if we're going through a week period, it gives us a real opportunity to look at our growth exposures for the next five years and make sure we're in really good spots. Which goes to this point about, and this is simplified for me to be able to explain it, Yeah, you know, value and growth type investments. Um, during this period of time, there will be value opportunities. And that's almost that sort of, you know, using a well-known name, the Buffett methodology. There will be value opportunities. Can you talk about why there will be value opportunities in the context of what you just said about yeah. overshooting? And, and funnily enough, I think the value opportunities will be in growth. Mm. Um, so what's working right now are your more traditional um, value stocks. So uh, you're boring businesses with cash flow. Now, our older um, clients that might be in pensions, they've owned these things the whole time because they've been the better cash flow businesses, right? Could you give two or three quick oh, examples? It would be Woodside, it would be Woolworths, it would be your Aussie banks. Yep. And um, they've held up really, really well. So those clients that are that are overweight um, there, they're, they're probably down a little bit on paper this year, but it, it wouldn't be very much. Uh, probably our younger clients that are more growth focused would have a larger exposure to um, the US and even small and mid cap businesses in Australia, which have less dividend and cash flow support and more future prospects priced in, um, well, they've been obliterated, right? So if you are a mid-cap US growth company, um, they are down about 65% of uh, year on year, all of them. Doesn't matter if it's a good company or bad company, that basket has been decimated um, through the thought of um, interest rates rising. So they've just been thrown out. 
Um, now, some of them are rubbish and we would never have wanted to own in the first place at, at any price. Some of them are really high quality, good businesses and um, they'll have their time again. They'll probably get a little bit, little bit cheaper. Um, but as I said, I think the world, the, the world settles somewhere in between the extremes that everyone's talking, you know, the high inflation, high interest rate world. I, I don't think that's, you know, what the world looks like in the next five years, but we're not going back to the ultra low um, emergency pandemic settings that we had, which was too low. The, the truth is in the middle. Um, so a good high quality business that's growing um, will be valuable again, even if it's being thrown out right now. So there's a little pool there that um, I'm starting to run the ruler over and got the eye on, and I think they'll do really, really well. But it's probably too early to go in yet. It could be could be a little bit more pain to come first. So the summary of all that, though, is with regard to portfolios. Broadly speaking, our diversified portfolios are built to adjust and to to hold steady, if you like, or firm in the bad times and the good times. Definitely, like the assets, um, by and large, are good. So. Um, Remember the thing about diversification is you're going to be losing on something all the time, right? Mm. You're not trying to choose uh, the absolute winner. Um, now, it doesn't mean it stops you going down um, when we're going through a period like we are. So they're falling. But um, as I said, uh, the US mid cap um, index is being absolutely butchered. You know, it might be off 40%. Um, well, we don't want a 40% drawdown. So the portfolio might have fallen 10. Um, then what you should be doing is looking at the areas which you think will rebound that have been hit really hard, tilt to them, and hopefully on the next leg up, um, you get a little bit better than um, just bouncing back from, from where you were. So it's all on the, it's all on the margins. Um, the future is always uncertain. So it's easy in theory to say, this is the way we're gonna do. And, and you know the world is fluid, so you've got to keep keep rolling with it. But, um, you know, most of our clients have been with us a long time. They've been through these um, uncomfortable periods before. Um, they typically don't last. Um, on this occasion, I, it won't last either, but I don't quite see the catalyst for it to turn just yet. So there's a little bit little bit more downside, unfortunately, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, I might, I didn't, I didn't, tell you about this before we, we came and I thought about it as we were talking. Uh, cryptocurrencies have taken a pretty hard hit over the last two or three weeks in particular as well. Oh, they've, um, they've been absolutely walloped. And I just think that's a function of liquidity coming out of the system, right? Uh, US, a lot of people made a lot of money, right? And a lot of it went into tech, uh, VC, crypto, NFTs, Easy come, easy go. Um, now liquidity is being reversed. Um, what it's showing is um, that crypto world has had a really high correlation with the NASDAQ and that smaller cap tech, right? So that's a, a similar exposure. So it hasn't really worked as a, uh, as a diversifier. So I don't think it's going away, um, but a lot of the rubbish stuff and you know unfortunately we saw uh one of the big ones absolutely mm. implode um there's going to be there's going to be more of that a, a stable coin yeah stable mm. uh okay so so 
in summary of all of that, if, if I can, and, and you tell me if this is, this is accurate and you're comfortable with this, um, there is some more bad news to come. And I mean, what you'll be hearing on radio, what you'll be seeing on TV, what will be headlining the newspapers. There is some more bad news and, and negative sentiment to come. I, I would think so. Yeah, I would think the R word will be mainstream probably in the next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but for our clients, portfolios are built to withstand this. They are built to ride this part of the wave. Yeah, it's called a cycle because uh, we go there time and time again. So um, the Fed's putting us there. This is not coming out of left field. It's not a shock. It, it, it's not GFC. It's, it's not GFC and where the GFC came from. This is manufactured. Absolutely. This is centrally bank induced. Uh, what's different about that is the central banks have been a liquidity provider and trying to get us going for so long. Um, the, you know, don't fight the Fed. Um, you know, we said don't fight the Fed on the way up. Well, saying now is the time to buy is fighting the Fed the other way. The Fed, are, the Fed are got the got the screws on. And it, it, there's a little bit more of that to go before it uh, turns around. No problem. All right. Uh, as we always say, which which will always be the case, um, you know, we have the entire uh, the entire team here available to take questions uh, if if anyone has them. Um, if you want to spend some time talking to your advisor, please please reach out. Um, we're always uh, always happy to talk to our clients. Um, we will continue to update as we go. Investment Com- committee will continue to meet and consider where there are some opportunities or some some. Um, elements that we need to get some further protection against, um, that, that's an ongoing conversation. Yeah, the opportunities are definitely coming. We're just not quite there yet. Um, and to be fair, uh, historically, we would be relatively conservative on that because we would rather go slightly late than too early. Well, that's that, that's exactly right. So, you know, always the catalyst for a turnaround are the Fed stepping in and providing liquidity. Um, because of inflation, that's off the table for you know at least I think the rest of this year. Um, valuation support being compelling. Well, they had a massive run up in markets for two years, so um, valuations are not um, they're, they're fair, but they're not cheap, mm. right? I'm talking US US here, so um, that's not going to be the, the catalyst. The only catalyst that I think that could catch me off guard and get this market rolling is. Perhaps a deal out of the Ukraine and Russia, which gets the uh, gas taps flowing again and gets the energy price down. So that could be a positive shock, and it also helps with inflation. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure it's going to happen, but that's the one. And that's why you can't just go, well, if he thinks it's going to drop for another three months, Mm. why don't you just sell out and buy back? Because, you know, that news will come out the week after we do that, and the market will rally 15%. Tax implications, all those sorts of things as well. So um, that's the only sort of thing I could see breaking my thesis and sending markets north in the in the short term. I, I don't place a huge probability on it, but it's it's possible. Okay. All right. Look, uh, James, thanks for today. Um, to all our listeners, as already said, um, we're, we're always here, always happy for a chat. Um, in fact, it's a, very much the favorite part of our jobs, especially for you. I know that is very true. Uh, for those who have not seen uh, James in the office before, usually about 4.30, 5 o'clock every day, James starts the walk and talk uh, through our kitchen uh, lobby and back office area. Uh, I think there's going to be a few chats on, uh, on, on the election. 
But as, as I said, I actually don't think um, there's going to be a huge difference. I think that's fair. Um, again, thanks for today. Uh, thanks for everyone who's listened, and uh, we look forward to talking again shortly. And nice to have you here, James. Thanks, James. Great to see you again. Cheers. The information in this podcast is intended to be general in nature and does not take into account your personal situation. Therefore, it does not constitute and is not intended to be financial services advice. You should consider whether the information is appropriate to your needs and where appropriate, seek professional personal advice from your financial advisor.